increasing your revenue, scaling your business, growing your team, whatever it might be that you're wanting to get more of, numbers are going to help you. And that's why they're so valuable. So let's roll up our sleeves, as I like to say, and we'll get down to business. Welcome to the Profitable Maverick Podcast, where side hustle warriors and full-time ride-or-die business owners come to chase their dreams. Nobody else serves the goods as straight with heart or has your back like Tom does. Come learn how to become the most profitable business owner in the room, to double your income, to triple your time off, and to get your business rocking and rolling like you want it. Being an independent maverick in business has come of age, and let's face it, doing business online these days is possibly the only way you're making a living. So join this community of like-minded mavericks on a mission to reach your highest potential and improve your business with the Profitable Maverick. Now, wow, wow, here's your host, host, host. Well, okay, let me take the radio voice <laughs> Because the host, well, that would be me, Tom Burchell. Starting a three-part series on numbers, and I have talked to a number of entrepreneurs, number of entrepreneurs about numbers. Folks sometimes shy away from them. They they know what they do, but getting numbers figured out and spreadsheets and all that stuff uh, can be a little bit daunting, scaring, frustrating, mind-boggling, boring. Uh, a whole bunch of words can be added in there. They can be very useful and are a key to growing your business, and that's what is the important thing. Key to growing your business isn't necessarily math, but it's understanding the numbers. And that's what I want to get into. Today's episode is going to be focused on the big picture and why numbers are important and the value that they can bring to growing your business, because that is the point. I, years ago, wasn't the best at numbers. All out myself. I was doing engineering in the systems engineering program, and I failed calculus. I needed to take course over. And I remember sitting down and getting help from the professor. He was, uh, I believe, a Turkish gentleman, had a strong accent. I remember him saying this phrase. He said, Tom, there's no royal road to calculus. I always liked how he said calculus. It was something that I was trying to take a shortcut on. I was trying to get around it. And I remember him smiling at me. I was struggling with some equations that we were working on. I was in his office for office hours. He put his pen down. And he explained to me that there's just no shortcut, just to be okay with it and to to navigate, manage through it. And I just slowed down and relaxed and kind of smiled and went, yeah, okay, I, I get it. That's what I want to encourage you with is if uh, numbers are either, a, you know, those yucky, ugly words that I had earlier about frustrating, boring, don't know what the point is, or you just hate math and therefore you don't like numbers, set that aside, just, just slow it down. Because they are your friend. I worked with an entrepreneur, I was coaching them, and they really didn't like numbers or math. And what I helped them do is reframe it. And I'll throw this out to you. And I'm spending a moment on this because if you do like numbers and enjoy it, then you get this. And uh, But some of you might not. And so I want to work with you to help you understand and reframe it. And it was this. Look at the meaning behind the numbers. Because they aren't just numbers and frankly never are. There's always a story. There's always a uh, some kind of meaning behind what the numbers represent. 
And if you're not a numbers person, you're more a people person and a relationship person and don't like the logical thinking stuff, seek the meaning behind the numbers. What are they meaning? What do they represent? What's the story? What's happening with those numbers? Because that really is the juicy part, the valuable part and the interesting part. So focus on that. Because here's the thing, you can't manage what you don't measure. I'll say that again. You can't manage what you don't measure. If you're not measuring something, you can't manage it. It's out of control. As you're growing and scaling your business, you need to be able to manage what's going on and and control what's going on. And you need to grab handles on those things. The best way to do that is with numbers. Keeping track is the key. That's the next point. So you can't manage what you don't measure and you got to measure with numbers. And then the next piece is keeping track. Even if it's as simple as tallying, right? Keeping track of calls, keeping track of customer service requests, keeping track of, right? See, those are all numbers. And when we get a number of 52 or 36 or 92, like whatever the number is, because you measured it, you can now manage it. And when you keep track of something, it becomes manageable. What's important is you're keeping track. This big picture concept of keeping track of things. The third point I want to make is where, and it's kind of a, it's a qualitative element. I like to talk about the quantitative and the qualitative. So quantitative is like how much and quantity and the hard logical stuff. And then the qualitative is more the softer stuff, which is the experience, the quality of the experience, what's happening with it. And so here comes this softer concept here that's important. And that is where your attention goes, energy is flowing. So if you're keeping track of something, if you've got a a process in your business that is hiccuping, that is broken, in need of repair, has fires starting in it all the time, right? All these different things need some management, right? You need some attention going there. And one of the ways that you can add attention to something is to keep track. There's a book I read years ago titled The Millionaire Next Door. What the author set out to do with this was find out what made millionaires tick. So he set up a bunch of interviews. He figured, well, people come to the interview, we'll have a little waiting area and we'll we'll have some caviar and we'll have some hors d'oeuvres and we'll have some champagne and fancy stuff to what he thought. And what was interesting is nobody ever touched the fancy stuff. So they stopped putting it out. He had a lot of preconceived notions of what millionaires thought. And the bottom line and the take-home message from the book, after I read it, I thought, what's the one thing that this book is setting forth and a lesson I can learn? And it is keeping track. I call it KTing. K-T, keep track. The action of doing that is add an I-N-G on the end, KTing. <laughs> I've kind of made my own term with what are you keeping track of? When you keep track of things, your attention goes there and you start paying attention to it and you're able to start to fix, to build, to enhance, to grow, to stamp the fires out. Do you know what I mean? When you are keeping track. And so keeping track can look like any number of things. Pick any process in your business that you want to grow and scale right now. For a lot of folks, it's it's revenue. I'll, I'll give an example of that, but it might be an operations thing or it might be a customer service thing. Depending on what it is, just start keeping track. And if it's as simple as tallying, and that's the fourth thing I want to describe, is tallying things is super valuable. 
And you can begin to manage just with the simple act of having a little slip of paper and then focusing on a particular activity and then hash marks. As kids, we used to count that way. You have one, two, three, four, five. Cross the four bars out. Keeping track, tally some more. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. How many times did X happen? Fill in the blank on what X is. If it's revenue, if you're working on sales calls and increasing your revenue, how many calls did you make today? Just start tallying it. Set a goal and keep track, KT, of what you are doing to get there. Maybe you want to get a little more granular, right? That's that big picture. How many calls did you make? Sure, that's an easy one. How many times did you ask the person in your sales call for micro-commitments? Here's some advanced sales stuff, right? Let's <laughs> really dig in there. Just making a call, cool, that's one thing. But if you want to get to a, a, a better metric that will increase your sales, how many questions did you ask the person where they said the word yes to? Simple, tiny things. Hey, can you hear me well? Yes. That's a simple way of walking through your scripting, not that you have a robotic kind of script that you use, but in your discussion, in the journey you take someone on as you present to them your sales presentation, whether it's on the phone or whether it's live, how many times can you ask them yes questions so that you are moving forward with that sales process? I don't want to get into sales training right now, but that, that's one that you can tally. You can keep track. On this sales call, I asked five questions that led to a yes answer. I asked six this time. Great. I asked nine questions nine times. My, my average is nine times, right? If you start tallying and keeping track of your sales call, pick a number on something, pick an activity that is important and valuable, useful, and then start tallying how much you do that activity. Huge way to grow your business. We just talked about a sales revenue example. Let's talk about an operations example. If you're needing to get your operations cranked up, start looking at your process and see where can I identify an activity that is critical and key Am I? maybe it's a manufacturing process, maybe it's in a delivery process, maybe it's in the creation of stuff. I don't know what it is. You fill in that blank, but find an activity that you can keep track of, that you can KT it and tally. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Where can you add up when these are done? Maybe it's a quality service check. Maybe it's a, a quality inspection in your manufacturing process. Maybe there aren't enough checks done. You're getting too many rejects at the end of the line of a manufacturing process or a, an assembly process. And it's like, wow, you know what? We need to check this more along the way. We currently have four in place. Let's double that to eight. Let's triple it. Let's get 12 checks in our process now. Where are the spots I can add these in. Now I can analyze my process and see, is the quality changed? Because we just added 12 checks when we had four. We've tripled it. Oh, nice. My reject numbers are going way down. My manufacturing process is way higher quality. Awesome. Let's talk about customer service. Tell me how many calls you got. I mean, that, that's the first one. Okay, great. We're getting too many calls. Wow. Let's dig deeper. Let's reverse back into the process. When we made the sale and we handed off the product to the customer, what, are the, what does that conversation look like? What are we saying to them? Maybe we need to say and set different expectation because we've got dissatisfied customers calling back. There's too many of them. Maybe that last point of handoff is a key place I can change my language and set some different expectation. 
How many times have we done that? Let's start tracking that. Let's look at that conversation. Identify an activity and start to tally it. That can make a huge difference. Pick what it is in your process. It's not necessarily about math. It's about numbers and the story behind them and the meaning you give them. It becomes important where you are managing things that you have handles on and you don't get handles on stuff until you get numbers on it. So measure with numbers and then you can manage. And when you are measuring, you're able to keep track. And when you keep track, you can grow. Growth happens with keeping track. And that was to reemphasize it. And if I didn't mention it earlier with finishing the story about the book called The Millionaire Next Door, what they found was millionaires didn't care about fancy stuff. What the key to their success was is they kept track. They kept track of all kinds of things. And because they kept track, they were able to manage bigger and bigger numbers, bigger and bigger revenue. That was the key to their success. It wasn't that anyone was privileged. And that's what the author found in all his interviews. He, he interviewed dozens of millionaires. They weren't privileged. They weren't specially gifted. Matter of fact, they were pretty Spartan. And that's why none of them wanted the fancy food and snacks and stuff is because they're like, wow, that's a waste of money. Oh, I guess that's why they're millionaires, <laughs> right? Because they don't spend their money on lavish things that don't matter. Most of them drove domestic cars, a Ford or a Chevy. They weren't driving fancy cars. Most millionaires are pretty Spartan and frugal. Why do you think they're millionaires? Because they save their money and they keep track of their money. I'm going to wrap it, end it there. Thank you for joining me. We are talking about all things business, about the tools, systems, and processes you need to become a seven and eight figure business owner and entrepreneur. I want to help you with numbers. We're doing this three-part series. This was part one of three, and we're having a lot of fun here talking about all things business. Stay safe. We'll catch up soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend, highly of course, on iTunes, on Overcast, or wherever it is you subscribe to your podcasts. You can get more great information on this episode, its show notes, and our other episodes and shows at theprofitablemaverick.com. That's theprofitablemaverick.com. Until next time, get out there, live more, love more, and be a more profitable maverick.